Welcome to another episode of The Human Blueprint. Bernard, I, I want to pass it to you and let you introduce this topic. I know that you really wanted to bring this and share it with everybody, okay. so I'll let you do it justice. Okay, I was just chatting with Herman, and there's people I know that have a lot of materials, so great, how do you say, riches. So cottages, cars, houses, who knows what, there's lots of things. But what I noticed is that they're still unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And growing up, we were taught that if you have more things, you're going to be really, really happy in life. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. What's going on here? <laughs> What's going on here? Don't lie to. So a lot of people who are listening or watching this right now, think to yourself, What's your predominant thought every single day? From the second you wake up in the morning, what's your predominant thought? Is it that you need to acquire something? Is it that you need to have something? Is it that you need to go get something? Is it that you need to go have that empty space filled? What is it? For me, to be honest, is making sure Han's happy. Mm -hmm. Han's my wife, by the way. Okay. What about you? Well, I, I can give you the old me and the new yeah. me. <laughs> so old me had a vision board mm -hmm. that had a lot of Fancy cars, fancy houses, stacks of money, mm -hmm. uh, just all the material stuff. And uh, that was on my vision board about four or five years ago before I met you. But then now today after I've met you, it's more of a, I'm just trying to be better mm -hmm. for the people in my life so that I can you know, help other people grow and help other people make positive changes. So I would say that is more of my focus and mission. Now it's good that you brought this up because most people are told to have a vision board. Most yeah. people are told to have it plastered or say affirmations every single day. <laughs> Lie to yourself, right? But a lot of people don't realize this. It's like if you're so focused on the riches and you become so, how do we say, narrow-minded, narrow-sighted, and you only see one thing is just to acquire, 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 you miss out on everything in life that you're supposed to enjoy. All the things you're supposed to enjoy, that's the wealth. Those are the things that money can't buy. Mm -hmm. But when you're focused on the one thing, the riches, and you're focused on that, that can be replaced, but you're not focused on the things that cannot be replaced, then you start to lose yourself, lose yourself, lose yourself. And that's where so many people get lost. And so for a lot of people, when they have that predominant thought, like he said, with that vision board, and that's all they see in picture day in, 24-7, 365, that's all they want, that's all they want, acquire. What do you think that does for a person? Psyche, what do you think that does for someone's mentality? That's well, all we care about. I can tell you because I went through it as mm -hmm. well. It, for me, it almost made me feel a lack of fulfillment mm -hmm. because I, look, I, was, I was looking at what I didn't have. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't have it, I made me feel less of a person. Mm -hmm. And so when you combine that now with social media, it's all about what do I have, what do you not have, what can I show off, what can you not show off. And that's why a lot of people have to be very careful what they continue to feed inside their mind, inside to their body, because then that naturally feeds the soul. And if the soul becomes poisoned from everything that this is poisoned with, for everything that this is poisoned with, the mind and the heart, then when the soul gets poisoned, becomes so toxic, and then that's where the habits have been imprinted. So a lot of people who have a lot of these bad habits and they only hear a vision board, so their whole life just a vision board, so they learn something once, that's all they do. They don't want to learn anything else again, so they just have one habit and one belief. And so when it's time now to tell you, you know what, Angelo, 
maybe this is a better way. And you're like, nope, I've been doing this all my life. How many people say that? Nope, I'm used to it this way. Nope, this makes me comfortable. You're robbing yourself, robbing yourself, robbing yourself from evolving. And that is where so much of the human psyche gets lost because they're no longer evolving. They're so busy just being mediocre, right? So there's two sides to the coin, but humans developed a third side, doing nothing. Hmm. <laughs> right? I was like that. <laughs> and so for us, we have to say, we don't want that. We want to be the doers, right? We want to make sure we're actually doing something with the time, gaining that experience. And a lot of people are always holding themselves back based off of doubt, based off of no self-esteem, based off of no confidence, and all of those things are rooted because of what are the predominant thoughts, what are the predominant feelings. If you are thinking and feeling that you need to have something that someone doesn't have, what does that do for you? It creates such a space inside that you think you have to get that materialistic thing to fulfill yourself internally. And then when you don't get it, what happens? Oh, then this says, you know what, I gotta get depressed. The mind starts to say, oh, I'm not happy. I can't acquire it. Well, I've seen people, even though they've acquired what they wanted, uh -huh. once they got it, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm not happy, so I need to get more. Yeah. Maybe my vision board was wrong. <laughs> Maybe I need vision boards, <laughs> panoramic. Vision wall. Yeah. yeah. And so we have to just be very careful that if we want to acquire things, acquire things for the benefit of the family, acquire things for the benefit of your health, but don't acquire things just for the benefit of acquiring it to show off. Just to be better than a neighbor, be better than somebody. Because that acquisition is actually becoming so and so predominant in today's world. And what you don't realize is when you just acquire things just for acquiring its sake, you will never ever be happy. Ever. Well, I've witnessed that. And that's what led me to ask this question because I've seen lots of people. Now I was, to be honest, I was there too, mm -hmm. trying to look for more and more things. And then every time you get it, it's like, it's like getting a new toy and you open it up. It's like, wow, that's, it's really nice. But you play with it for a bit and it's like, oh, hmm, wasn't good as I thought it was. <laughs> Maybe I need more toys. Yes. And this never ends. Correct. And that's what we have to be very careful of is not to be so much consumers and be more producers. Because that is where the secret lies. That's where the point from where you are to where you want to be is. It's all becoming a producer. Produce things, create things, develop things. But so many people are in the in-between, do-nothing phase. And that's where it's very dangerous because you stay in there for too long and you get lost. You stay in there for too long, all the motivation that you so-called think you need to go find goes out the window. Because if you stay in there for so long, your body and mind thinks it doesn't have to do anything. Your body and mind think it's just good to just be comfortable. And you're not willing to push that extra step, push that extra mile, push that, do that extra task to see how much you can get closer to that target. Now you brought up something because I feel the most fulfilled when I'm serving someone, mm -hmm. especially my wife. Just want to point that out. <laughs> because I, I used to wake up late. Yes. Used to just mope around. Mm -hmm. Don't don't really do much. No routine. No routine. But I started to implement a routine and I wake up and, and cook for for Han, mm -hmm. and it's so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I wake up well, almost like this, yeah. almost. Oh. But I, and I do that over and over again, and it's just so fulfilling. And I never thought waking up early to cook is fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But, but remember what she said of how good the food tastes when it's cooked the same day? Yes. 
Yes. I think that's just a trick. <laughs> but if even if it was or even if it wasn't, the fact is that you still go out of your way to provide that joy. Because I see I see the joy in her. See? And that's what motivates me. See? And didn't have to pay anything for that. Now, if you wanted to go get her a new iPad or get her a new phone or get her something like that, how long does that last? I do do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last that long. <laughs> I'm actually more happy when she gets that. It's like to play with it. Uh huh. <laughs> so you get it for yourself, yeah, right? It's just an excuse. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, that's why when you give something selflessly the way you do, that goes volumes and volumes and speaks volumes because that is something that she couldn't necessarily pay someone to do genuinely mm-hmm. and actually care about. It's all these little things. Mm-hmm. But I was, again, being raised and society now, social media and everything else, mm-hmm. it teaches you complete opposite. These little things, these are things you put on a vision board. It's not sexy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get likes for these things. <laughs> right. Yeah. But these are the, the things that are real. I agree. And one thing we have to understand, you use the word teach. Now, most people cannot classify, and if they can't classify, it's because they don't know how to define it. If they don't know how to define it, it's because they don't understand it. What's the difference, I will ask you, what's the difference between guidance and teaching? I think with teaching, they're telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Guidance is they give you, I guess, more options, mm-hmm. or you discover your own. Okay. What about you? I would agree. I'd, I'd say teaching is more pushing information on you, but guidance is leading the way for you and mm-hmm. showing you that and then mm-hmm. it's up to you whether you want to take the step or not. Both are right, but both are not dead on. <laughs> so understand this, when someone guides you, it's like, let's say you needed direction and someone wanted to teach you how to get there. Are you going to get there? If they want to teach you or try to show you up because they have a degree they think they know more than you and they can give you all the fancy directions to go get to a place. Does that work? No. Talking down to somebody, does that work? Talking at someone with a certain voice, does that work? No. Certain tone? No. There's no inspiration. But why is it now that when we guide someone, we're like, you know what? How about I show you? I'm going down that same way. I'm, I'll show you how to get there. That's guidance. So it's like, okay, we have, we have to take two lefts and a right but you'll get lost at the right because it's such a tiny corner. You have to make sure you see it just after this store. So you, guidance is saying, let's go, I'll take your hand, mm-hmm. and I'll show you how to do it step by step, but make sure you get to that destination as promised. Teaching, they don't promise you anything. Teaching is when life is teaching you the lesson because you were not willing to listen to the guidance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you understand? That's when you ended up going the opposite way and 24 hours is to get to the point that only needed an hour. And when you travel, a lot of people end up doing that because they think they know more than the GPS. They think they know more than their friend or their family. And so they think, you know what, no, I'm right. And then what happens is when they get lost. It sounds like someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so that's why most people, if they don't understand the difference, they will be stuck in teaching and not in guidance. And you don't develop leaders by teaching, you develop leaders by guidance. And so a lot of people who are our world leaders, they want to dictate what should be and shouldn't be, but they're not guiding you, so that makes them a very poor leader. And that's why the people don't trust them. 
And when we help people in those type of positions, it's all to get the people to understand their position so that they can relay that clearly, concisely, so that the people they're sharing it with and that are entrusted to this person can trust them in return so that they can do a better job. That's why I never really liked my teachers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they can read off a textbook and teach anybody. A bunch of things, can but in terms of leading by example, I was never inspired to be like them. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. That's just my excuse. Right? Yeah. That works. I had one teacher that actually embodied that guidance mm -hmm. way, and he was everybody's favorite. Why? Because he made you think for yourself, like he, he made you, you know, he brought up topics, but it wasn't pushing information. It wasn't out of a textbook, but we were actually learning stuff from other people in the world. We were learning stuff out of movies and it was just like a really cool, uh, it was a cool way that the whole class was set up, but he was the only one that was guiding people. Everybody else was just like, and how was the success and how was the happiness in that classroom? Oh, incredible. You could feel it when you walk in. And then when you go to another classroom, how's that one? It's just it's like open up to page chapter five and open up to exercise two. How does that make everyone feel? It, it drains them. It sucks the happiness out of them. Mm -hmm. So as people that want to help other people, how can we tell whether we're teaching or guiding them? Well, we have to do it first. I see so many people trying to teach someone else to do something they haven't done themselves. And then it gets lost in translation, and then it's like such a disservice to someone who's eager and ready to learn. And then they got a bad taste, so they say once bitten, twice shy. So because they had the bad taste the first time from a bad experience from somebody, then someone who can actually help them is right in front of them, they say no to. Hmm. Okay, I have a question around that. Because I was at the gym, and there was this personal trainer mm -hmm. who did not look fit at all, mm -hmm. but was training someone to get fit. Yeah. How? That doesn't make any sense. Well, think of it this way. You say personal training. Well, everything should be personal training. And a lot of people just think it's just a gym. That, could, that extends to every different facet of life. And so it's like perfect example of what you're saying. If somebody can't do it themselves, how do you think the results of person learning from that person is going to be? As best as that person. As far as it's going to go. So that's where teachers have to understand this is not a slight against them. It's just they have to be more of leaders and guiders do it first so that that classroom and every classroom around the world that those children go into it sparks the light it's always to spark that light spark that light but when it's just going in there and it's just about academia and just about what's words are in a book or doing this formula or whatnot it sucks the life out of it because it has no relevance what how is it relevant for a child trigonometry come tax season can you use it for tax? Can you use it for your business? Can you use it to make money for your business? Not that I know of. I mean, Unless you're selling trigonometry classes. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so for a lot of people, they get stuck in that. And you have to learn to see the bigger scope, not to get stuck in that, to say, okay, I, I learned the academia, but I never let school interfere with my education because education never stops. See, they never taught that in school. <laughs> so school yeah. is education. Uh -huh. And then you go for more education, for more school. But, te but teaching is not education. I, I believe that guidance is. Because mm -hmm. I look at the way that you've shared stuff with us, and I would say that you've been guiding us this entire time. Mm -hmm. But 
And I've learned more from you than anybody else. Well, thank you, but it's all about putting you in the position to succeed. Lots of times, lots of teachers don't understand that because they were not given the same spark. And it's not a slight against them, it's just they have to make some changes now so that they can develop that spark within and then share that spark without. But if they are just, you know, uh, it's just a job, then that's not helping anybody. Oh, yes, I've seen that. <laughs> right? He's waiting for the seconds. Yeah. And I, I think this all ties back to what we were originally talking about with the material, going after the material <laughs> things. And I feel like, like you said, when you help on, like that's how you feel fulfilled. Well, I feel like people that are leaders in the position to produce, that are guiding people with their expertise, that is probably will give them a lot more fulfillment rather than just pushing information and getting a paycheck. Correct. And that's why a lot of people who get their degrees now can't even get a job in the field that they study. And so they have to go maybe work at a coffee shop or maybe go do delivery or do something just to make ends meet. Why? Because no one guided them. They were taught a lot of things, but they weren't necessarily shown. Bernard, when you graduate, you have to do A, B, C, D, and E. You do this, then we can get to X, Y, and Z. But until you do that, we cannot get to X, Y, and Z. You know what? Let me use my contacts. Let me help you put you in the position so that you can know what A is, what B is, what C is. You know what? Let's get you some experience under that belt with A, B, and C so we prepare you for the next level of what you've studied for. But a lot of people with a degree don't have the humility. They think this little piece of paper deserves X amount of dollars. Okay, it's good that you brought it up. It's awesome. I'd love to ask that question. Like, why don't people do that? Yeah, it's the humility. Humility. Remember we talked about the immigrant mindset? How come people can come from a different country, zero education, but still come over here and have a life unlike anybody else's? Because they're not willing to take no for an answer. They're willing to work for every little thing. They hustle. They hustle. Out hustle. They're willing to do jobs the person that lives in this area may not ever think of doing. That was my mom. Right? She was a hustler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same with my grandfather. I mean, he came here with nothing. Mm -hmm. But I look at the legacy he left, you know, from having his own company to six kids, 18 grand. Like, I'm just like, wow, that's impressive. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? But, uh, but I think that they're on the complete producer side and they're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to make a mistake because they, it's almost like their back is up against the wall. That, and there's no other choice. That's the same thing. Well, I spoke my parents about it, my mom especially. She had nothing else to lose. There was no choice actually. So she just hustled and hustled, worked overtime, did what she she could do to take care of us. But I feel like the vision board makes you compare yourself, mm -hmm. and it paralyzes you because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to not have something because you value it so much, and then you're not willing to take an opportunity or to try something or to do the dirty work that somebody else isn't willing to do because it's almost like you feel like you're better than. And that's what I went through. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And here's the thing. With riches come more headaches. And a lot of people don't realize that. So let's say you like a really nice car. You acquire it. Well, did you check insurance? Did you check the maintenance? How often does it need to be maintained? Say so you get a flat tire. Did you know it costs you $2,000 just to get it fixed? And you need an oil change. You know, maybe that costs another two grand. Mm -hmm. How often is that? Let's say someone dings you. How much is that replacement part? 
let's say you, you can't even park it into a bad area now. You, you have to park it so far away, so now you've got to walk an extra 10 minutes just to get to where you want to go because you don't want to get a thing. That's what happened. Right? And so a lot of people don't realize the headaches you bring thinking you need to acquire these things, but they don't realize the real costs that go with the rich, with the riches that you wanted. Because those things that you praise so high can be replaced, and those that care for you, that helped you get what you needed, you try to replace those people. You try to replace those things. And those are the things that not, not should ever be replaced. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, because <laughs> my, my friend, he, he always dreamt of having a, a BMW. Mm -hmm. So finally, he gets his job, and he gets his BMW, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful car. But he has to park all the way down, <laughs> so no car can be around him, so nobody dings him. Uh -huh. So after, I think, about two or three years, he said, you know what? This is stupid. You just got a truck. See? <laughs> and then you park it wherever he wants. Right? But you see all that energy that you put into that now, like saying park away, make sure that there's no dent, make sure it's clean, make sure you have this, because it's on the vision board, you want to have mm -hmm. that, so you finally acquire it. Think of all that energy now that you placed and you tried to harness. Well, where does that go when it all dissipates and all that focus goes to something known as riches and not enough can go towards producing? What happens? Then you're working at maybe 50% or less capacity of what you're actually capable of, minus what other distractions you have during oh, the day. It's really distracting because it keeps thinking, someone got in my car, someone going yeah. to do this, or yeah. this wasn't really present all the time. So imagine if we could eliminate these types of distractions and really focus on that production, how much more we can actually get ahead, how many actual real assets we can actually own, not a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm thinking about my, the person I know <laughs> that has all these riches and just looking at his life because I was so caught up with all his riches. I'm like, I want that. Mm -hmm. That's great. But then I see his family, I see his health, mm -hmm. I see his partner, mm -hmm. I just see just overall fulfillment or happiness or lack of. It's like, that does not make sense. That can't be right. And there's nothing wrong that you want to acquire these things to take care of your family, acquire the assets to make sure you have a legacy. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. But don't let it consume you where that's the only focus so that once you climb that mountain of, oh, yes, I got this car, yes, I got this house, then everything stops. Because it doesn't stop well, there. That's what happened. It stopped. See? It doesn't stop there. Because then you acquire things for the wrong reason. If you're going to acquire it, acquire it because it's, right, it's the right fit for the family. It's the right fit for the future. It's the right fit for the investment. And that's why he's coming to see you. <laughs> yeah, because it's like anything in life, in business, sports, and in personal life, everybody in sports, when, they, when it's draft day, they think they want to get the best talent. But if that talent is not the right fit for the system, for the right coach, for the right team, then that talent becomes useless. If you put the big-time executive come from top Fortune 100 company, think it's good we recruit that. Put that into our company. If the fitment is wrong, it will make you below 500. Mm. Like they would put the wrong pieces in the wrong place. You don't get the full picture. That's why I see a lot of CEOs coming in to try to salvage the company yes. and just tanks it. Because it's the wrong fit. How can you take someone from the tech sector going to the automotive sector? Or take from the automotive sector and maybe go into the retail sector? Maybe they don't understand or have enough experience to understand how those work. And so when we help these clients, it's to make sure that it's always the right fit. So once you have the right fit for the puzzle, you can complete the picture. 
then there's no second guessing, then there's no wasted time, then there's no gray area. That makes perfect sense. I've seen that time and time again in sports. Of course. The most talented team Usually. gets knocked off. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not the most talented, most expensive. Yeah. One of the most expensive. Correct. So I think that, that was a very good topic. I think we covered a lot on this Thank podcast. You. Was it enlightening for you? Oh, yes. Because yeah. if it was for you, then I'm, I'm sure the listeners would have gotten that too, right? So Bernard, what, what was your takeaway? Focus on the things that I would say, not so much on the glitter, but on the substance. The things that you probably wouldn't put on your vision board, but it's already, you already have that. That's the crazy part. Most of the things that will fulfill you is already here. Mm -hmm. We just don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I would say my takeaway is to eliminate your distractions because that's something I'm still doing today, like cutting down distractions. I had a talk with Herman a week or two ago and he pointed out my distractions and it really opened my eyes and I cut them out and it helped a lot. So I think that's something that everybody can implement as well. Don't be so distracted by the material world, social media, just focus on what matters. Now, one last piece to finish to surmise what you said. Most people have blind spots when they drive, right? Well, you have the same blind spots in your life. Exactly. What we try to do is to identify these blind spots. So once we identify them, then you can do something about it. That's true. Right? That's, exactly. what we, that's, why, that's why we do what we do. Identify these blind spots, get more results. Mm -hmm. Okay, so instead, I'm not going to go on to another topic because the podcast is <laughs> last going forever. But it's true. You identified some of my blind spots and I made those changes and that's why the results are the results. Correct. So thank you. And if that appeals to the listeners, I mean, you want to know what your blind spots are, reach out to us, we'll help you find them. Exactly. Right. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.